0: Hello and Happy Valentine's Day from the Old Time Radio Hour. I'm your host, Justine Ward, and each week we bring you a classic show from radio's golden age. This week we have two half-hour shows with a Valentine's theme— First, we have a spooky story of regrets over a missed opportunity to give a valentine. You'll enjoy the historical twist to this sweet love story on the series Quiet, Please. Stay tuned for the folksy down-home humor of Judy Canova along with some great swinging tunes. First, we have Quiet, Please, Valentine. First broadcast February 13th, 1949 on ABC.
2: American Broadcasting Company presents Quiet, Please, which is written and directed by Willis Cooper and which features Ernest Chappell. Quiet, Please, for today is called Valentine.
1: The little towns, I never see them anymore. Pekin, Gullivan, Bloomington, Galesburg, Lewiston... ...all the little towns above the river... ...with the cobblestones going down to the steamboat landings. The little towns under the hills... ...and the shocks of corn... ...standing lonely and snow-covered... ...like the teepees of old Shabonis people... ...the good Indians that saved so many white men's lives in the old days. There's a red-brick Baptist church, I remember... ...and a courthouse with tall limestone pillars the portico that looks like a disreputable ancient Greek temple. And I can only think of them and remember them. For I never go far away from here. It is restful here. And I think I have earned rest. I've come a long journey. My work was finished long ago. So I rest. And sometimes in the night... I walk for a while. And remember. The old house down on State Street is almost unchanged. The hands of time have touched it lightly. And it's a comforting thing to go there at night and sit alone. And remember. And always, this time of the year... I remember the valentine. So long ago. The little houses along the road in the ravine that goes down to the Sangamon. And now, in early February, the ground is soft and damp with the melting snow. And the watery sun shines down on the eager young trees. And there's a promise of spring in the first February fall. And the frogs are stirring deep in the cold mud under the spongy earth. And the ghosts in the old graveyard smile at the first obscure signs of spring. I remember the mean little houses. The store and the post office. And the drafty houses where the people lived. And I remember the muddy road up from Vandalia. And the high-wheeled buggies mired down in the low places. And the long, flat roads across the prairie where the grass grew from horizon to horizon. And the groves of trees were small, genial islands in a sea of undulating green. I hear her voice in the nighttime, and it is a far, far sound, though I wake and hear it so many, many times. We have many bitter memories and a few happy ones. I wonder what the world would think of the memories that come most often to haunt me among the echoing corridors under the ancient oaks. I dream of battles, they think. I dream of a victory won and the acclaim of men. Do they think I've forgotten the long, sweet days of my young manhood? And the first, almost forgotten love that once I knew and cherished. Do they think I have forgotten the grief, the loneliness, the despair, the first of my, oh, so many sorrows? The Valentine still exists. It is still to be seen and touched. And if you ever look upon it, I hope you will remember me. For only I remember her. Remember me. And shed a tear, perhaps, for lost loveliness. I was gone away from her. They sent me away. And I was a little proud in my new clothes and with my parcel of books on the desk beside me. And the brave speeches I should make were fermenting in my mind and crowding out all thoughts. Even thoughts of her. A boy of 25 sitting in the General Assembly, speaking gravely of laws and the affairs of the people, and not remembering my own. And back at home, a girl, lorn for an absent lover, remembering promises, and waiting and waiting and waiting... In a store of a dark January morning.
3: I
4: haven't had any word from him for ever so long, but he's so busy, and they take so much of his time, you know. Maybe there'll be a letter tomorrow.
5: Jack Armstrong had a letter from him last week, Annie. He wasn't too busy to write to Jack.
4: Oh. Well, the Armstrongs were his oldest friends, you know.
5: Sure seems strange you don't write to him.
4: He's busy.
5: A lot of pretty girls down there in Vandalia, I hear
1: tell. But never a girl in Vandalia to make me turn my solemn head. I was full of the thrill of helping to make the laws that my people were to live by. And I was fascinated by the strutting politicians in their tall hats. And I made great argument with them in the long tavern nights. And I put off the letters till tomorrow. And tomorrow and tomorrow.
4: I expect a letter any day now. Or maybe he'll be coming home again soon. I you will be looking around a little, Annie, for yourself. Think maybe he might have give you the mitten. Oh, no, Aunt Hannah. He'd never do that to me. Well, I sure hope he ain't, Annie. You just keep up your spirits and a day will come. A day will come, I always say. Have you wrote him a letter? Why, I write him nearly every day. I'll be hearing from him any day. Just like you said.
1: Tomorrow all right. I said. Tomorrow. And I sat in my lonely room and I remembered the hillside in the summertime and the haze of the heat lying heavy on the low hills beyond the curves of the Sangamon. I remembered a hand in mine as we sat on the hillside above the town and the homesick song of the cicadas in the orchard the reluctant westering sun. I remembered what I had said to her on that long summer afternoon. And alone in my mean little room, I wept to remember. But I did not write. And today, after all the years, I weep again. Remember.
4: He'll be coming back. He'll be coming back for his birthday, Molly. Well, Why, the session's over now, and he'll be coming back from Vandalia on a tall horse, and there isn't a thing that'll hold him back from me. I know he'll be back home for his birthday. <coughs>
1: The gavel fell and the booming voice spoke. I do now declare this general assembly adjourned. And I took horse for home. And now my heart was heavy with doubt. For I remembered my long silence. And my mind now wrestled with darkest premonitions. What would my homecoming be? After those long months of silence. Yes, I loved her. Must you ask? Can you remember back to the days when you were 25? Can you remember what little thing can make a lover's reuniting or break it? Can you remember the little tenderness a recreant lover might bring to his dear one? The small thoughtfulness, the simple, humble thing that says I have not forgotten... And it brings the happy smile that banishes doubt and wipes away the memory of unwritten words and... Why, I remember it. I remember the pleasant saint, the patron of all of us who love. I remembered paper hearts and posies of verse and ribbons and lace. And in the pouring rain, I lifted up my head and said, I thank you, Saint Valentine. And the morning came, and I was home, and my horse was tied up at the hitching post, and I strode into the store all muddy and triumphant.
5: Well, Abe! <laughs> Hi there, Abe! Oh, Jack. We thought you was never coming back. It took me an almighty long time to make it, but I got here. How are you? I'm fine than frogs there, Abe. <laughs> you look as if you'd grow down there in Van Dalen. I always looked as if I'd grow, don't I? Doggone it. We expected you'd be wearing a high silk hat. Oh, not me? Uh, say, have you seen Anne this morning, Arthur? Uh, not since yesterday. No. How is she? Kind of peaky, Abe. Is she sick? No. Just on account of you not writing any letters to her.
1: I'm sorry about that. You better be. Uh, how's everything around home, Arthur?
5: Mm, miss
1: you. I miss you all. How's business?
5: Well, we get by.
1: You had your breakfast yet? No, I just got here. I can get breakfast later. Uh, look, uh, Jack, I want something.
5: Yeah, if you don't see for it, ask for it. Well, uh, uh, how's it like down there in the city anyway? Lots of people, huh?
1: Hundreds. Uh, uh, Say, so what I want? A lot and, uh, stars. Oh, oh sure. Uh, A lot uh, of women. Mm-hmm.
5: Sure, like to hear about Van Daly. I've never been out of this place since I come here. Well, I'll tell you about it one of these evenings, Jack. Uh, What I wanted... Sure, I want to hear about it. (laughs) Now, what was it you wanted all of a sudden? Well, uh... I live on for the day before Valentine's Day. Hello, Aunt Hannah. Well, I be dog. Hey. Why, hello there, Aunt Hannah. Well, I declare. How is it, Donna Van Ditt? (laughs) Well, (laughs) fine. Here, leave me kiss you. (laughs) Uh, Oh, (laughs) Oh,
4: well, sir. I sure am tickled you got back
1: home. Me too. (sighs) Oh.
4: But maybe all them fine folks down there
5: made you forget your own people.
1: I'm never going to forget my people, Aunt Hannah.
5: Pretty nigh forgot Annie, didn't you?
1: I guess I didn't write very often.
5: Never wrote at all. Way well, yeah, I did it. Well, I... good morning, Joe. Well,
1: I was busy. Good
5: morning, Aunt Hannah. What's your pleasure this morning? I um, I want a couple of jills along sweetland, Jack. A couple of jills. And keep your thumb out of it, too, you hear me? Uh, never miss, Aunt Hannah. Huh. Uh, well, okay. what's the matter with you? Well, I'll uh, here, Jack. Uh, Aunt,
1: Aunt Hannah, do you mind? Uh, I have to... Oh, take your
5: time, boy. i got all
3: day.
1: What do you want? Uh, I want a valentine.
5: Ain't got none. You haven't? Nope. Who's it for? Who's it for? Well, Who'd you think it's for, you old fool? Well, I ain't got none. You had some last year. That was last year. Listen, I remember, I well remember, you had one left. Oh, uh, did I? There was one, and it was so dear, nobody would buy it. Remember? You sure, Aunt Hannah? Well, let me see. Sixty cents you wanted for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I kind of remember. You wrapped it up in brown paper and you put it up there on top of the shelf above the dry peaches. I remember just as plain. You look, Jack. Yeah, let me see. More things up here onto this shelf. Uh, 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 that's it. Uh,
3: that's it. You got it.
5: Now hmm. <laughs> <I'll> be dark. <laughs> Roses is red. Violets are blue. I
4: love you, Don. And
5: that's it. Well, yep, that's it. Hmm. Pretty, ain't it? It's tore. The lace is tore. Well, I could knock off three cents on account of that. You'll knock off ten cents. That's last year's. And besides, it's tore. Oh, Annie'll love that.
1: It's just the thing, Aunt Hannah, isn't it?
5: Oh, she'll just bust. (laughs) Whoa! Eh? Oh, oh hide, Amy! Hide, quick. Well, well, what's the matter?
4: Annie, she's coming up the road. Quick, grab the valentine and hide.
5: No, where? Get behind the shelves know. here.
4: Hurry up. Go on now and hide again, Spryzer. Shh. Whose horse is that tied out there, Jack?
5: Well, uh... Oh,
4: uh, morning, Annie. Oh, well, yeah, Hannah? Who did you say, Jack?
5: Well, uh... uh was it's... you
4: expecting somebody, Annie? Of course I was. I was hoping he'd get back for his birthday yesterday, but he didn't. I know he must have tried to, and I hoped... Hung... Oh, Jack. A Valentine.
5: Eh? Oh, he left uh, the Valentine. The, the
4: big... Valentine. I was hoping he'd have one. Oh, I'm so glad. Well,
5: uh, I, I... I don't exactly like to sell you that one. It's
4: tore, honey. Well, he won't mind. How much is it, Jack?
5: Sixty, is it? Well, uh, I... I... I was aiming to keep it.
4: Why? What for?
5: Well, it's... The only one I've got. And... I've just
4: got to have it, Jack. It's last
5: year's. Uh, it's the only one I've got, and...
4: may I have it, Jack? Well, sixty cents, you said. I'll give you sixty-five.
5: Well, don't
4: it... you sell that old ragged Valentine to this girl? Well, oh, it... Aunt Hannah, I must have it. I didn't get a thing for his birthday, and I just hoped I'd be able to get him a Valentine, and it it'd be a kind of birthday present too.
5: Well, can't I, just... I
4: have it, Jack?
5: What you say, Aunt Hannah?
4: Don't you try to put it on to me, you hear? Please, Jack.
5: Uh, I I oughtn't to. Oh,
4: sell it to her, Jack. Oh, thank you, Aunt Hannah. He'll be so pleased with it. Uh, Yeah, sure, sure. I really have to get it for him, Jack, because I kind of expect he'll bring me one from Vandalia. You do? I hope so. Oh, they must have wonderful ones in the big stores down in Vandalia. Well, that's silly. But it's beautiful, isn't it? Didn't you get Valentine's when you were a girl, Aunt Hannah? (laughs) Oh, it's been so long, I I never remember. It isn't much, really. But he'll like it. He'll... You want to write on with Anne? Write. Write what? Why, ain't you going to write down that you love him, Annie? Why, he knows it, Aunt Hannah. And I know it. And the whole world knows it. Must I write it down?
1: And the days are many and the nights are long since that 13th of February in a little store on the Sangamon River. And I have seen many places. The little towns and the mighty ones. Cities happy and jubilant. Cities forlorn and grief-stricken. And I have known hope and gladness and exaltation in my time as well as tears and sadness. But never in all my years have I felt the gladness... The simple, overwhelming joy of that moment when I heard the words of this girl I loved. And thus today, my grief is the greater. She walked out of the store, and I... Remember, I was 25. I was crushed with disappointment. The valentine, you say. Well, it was a priceless gift I had in mind that morning. And the irony of it, she had snatched my own gift unknowing, to give it to me. And I was returning, repentant to her, but empty-handed. And the laughter of Buffett and Aunt Hannah Armstrong did nothing at all to assuage my disappointment and my unhappiness. And I followed her out of the store at a little distance, followed her up the ravine and up the hillside till she came to the old Tristan place. I think it is very much the same today as it was then, in the time when I came to her empty-handed after the long empty months. And when she came to the place, she turned, and she held out her arms.
4: I knew it was you following me. I knew it... I wouldn't turn and look because I wanted to see you first up here on the hillside. And darling. Darling. You've been gone so long.
1: And I. Never wrote to you.
4: But you thought of me.
1: I thought of you.
4: I've thought of you every single minute while you've been gone.
1: I know. The letters... Oh,
4: kiss me, darling. And? You've changed. No. You have changed. You're sadder. And you're... I'm older. Oh, your
1: birthday. <laughs> Yesterday. Well, I was 25. I'm getting old. Oh, no. Old and forgetful.
4: No, you're not. You were busy. I, uh... I've got a birthday present for you.
1: Why, you know you shouldn't have done that.
4: <laughs> it's a valentine.
1: Oh. Valentine's Day's tomorrow.
4: It's the very last one that Mr. Offutt had in the store. I know. You know?
1: I was going to get it for you.
4: Oh. Well, I don't need a Valentine, really.
1: What? Well, uh, I mean, but.
4: Tell me you love me. That'll be my Valentine.
1: And remember.
3: M. Mm-hmm.
1: Forget you, Anne. Never, never, never. As long as I live. And forever.
4: We'll be so happy.
1: we'll, we'll go and live in Vandalia.
4: And then you'll it, come. When you go to the new state house in Springfield, then I'll be a congressman's wife. And we'll go and live in Washington.
1: And you'll go with me. You'll be my star that I'll follow.
4: And you'll be a great man. <gasps>
1: I could be president. Oh,
4: yes, darling, do be president. And then in, in after years they'll build a great high monument to you, and everybody'll say he was the greatest president that ever was.
1: And it'll all be due to you.
4: <laughs> Madam President.
1: I'd I'd lay the riches of all the world at your feet, and
4: but it didn't bring me a Valentine. What?
1: What can I do? What I'm so sorry.
4: I love you. Valentine or no Valentine, dearest. Always and always and always.
1: Always. And always. And we'll always be together.
4: Never be apart from each other again.
1: Never. Never end.
4: Oh, hold me. I'm so cold suddenly. No,
1: it's just a cloud over the sun.
4: Hold me. Always hold me. Always. I know it. You'll be a great, great man, darling.
1: With you beside me, I will.
4: But if I die... Say that. Kiss me again.
1: And we sat for a long, long time in the sudden chill of the afternoon. And we were so in love, Anne and I. And we spoke no word for the longest time. Only sat there and dreamed of the future. The rosy future. And nothing but happiness.
4: Happiness. Happiness. Happiness.
1: And we'll be married as soon as you finish school.
4: Nobody will ever be as happy as we'll be. And... If I die...
1: No. No, don't say that.
4: If I die, will you go on the way we... They've gone together. No, you must not You will, won't you? For me, I
1: am for
4: me. Say yes, you're
1: not going to die.
4: <laughs> Look, of course not, I was just teasing you. Don't. I love you so.
1: I love you. and I love
4: you wherever you go.
1: In the little towns and the big towns,
4: you'll be a congressman. And you love me.
1: I'll be president and I'll love you.
4: And this isn't just Valentine talk.
1: Anne. I'm sorry, dear. Wait. You ask if it's just Valentine talk. You remember last summer when we sat up here together? So many times. Uh, a very special time,
4: Anne. I... I remember. It was a hot, hot day. And the heat haze was on the hills. And you sang to me. And do
1: you remember the stone, Anne?
4: The stone? I
1: wonder. Wait, wait. I know where it is. I put it in the crotch of that old apple tree. Right there. Oh, get it. That's your valentine, Anne. Remember? I remember. I found it. Look.
4: Way last summer.
1: Here's your valentine, Anne, darling.
4: I remember what you carved on
1: Let's read it together, shall we? And always remember. On, on the, spot, the spot in New Salem, Illinois, on, on July 4th, 1833, 1833. Anne, Anne Ubridge, Rattage, and Abraham, Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln were betrothed. Were betrothed. howl tonight in Oak Ridge around a tall monument. Gently they touch the outlines of a little mound in a graveyard above the Sangamon. And only the stone, the stone Valentine, remains to testify to our love.
2: Quiet Please story is Valentine. It was written and directed by Willis Cooper. The man who
1: spoke to you was Ernest Chappell. Others in today's cast were Ann Seymour, who played Ann. Moffat was played by Jack Arthur. And Hannah, by Leora Thatcher. As usual, Music for Quiet Please is played by Robert Berman for a word about next week. My very good friend and our writer-director, Willis Cooper. The title of my next week's story
2: is a question that I've been asked at least ten times every day.
1: It's, where do you get your ideas? Listen, maybe I'll tell you. And so until next week at the same time in the answer to a perpetual question, I am quietly yours, Ernest Chapman. Now, a listening reminder.
2: Stay tuned for Drew Pearson. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.
0: You're listening to the Old Time Radio Hour broadcast each week over the World Wide Web with your host, Justine Ward. Next, we have comedian Judy Canova joking and singing about love in Cactus Gulch on her weekly comedy show, this is the Judy Canova Show, Valentine's Day, first broadcast February 9th, 1946, on NBC. From Hollywood, the Judy Canova Show, brought to you each week by the Colgate Palmolive Tea Company, makers of Palmolive Soap
6: and Colgate Tooth Powder.
2: beauty hope and Colgate tooth powder for a breathless sweet present the Judy Canova Show with Mel Blank, Ruby Dandridge, Joe Kearns, Ruth Parrott, George Neese, the Sportman, Hopi Cates and his orchestra, and starring Judy Canova.
6: How
3: you
6: gonna keep them down on the farm after they sing Harry, after they sing? From the city, face around and facing the town, how are you gonna keep them away from harm? It's a mystery. Imagine Reuben when he meets his He Your kids are speaking hollering, la la. How you gonna keep them down on the farm after they've seen Clarice? I tell you folks, it's a problem. Now you take my boyfriend Chester. He went away, and he swore he'd be back to the farm someday. He said, gal, mama leaving the farm work all up to you. Now aren't that nice of Chester to do? <laughs> So I pitched right in and milked the cows, plowed the fields, and fed the zows. One day I plowed thirty acres, got a mite hard, of course, bet could have plowed thirty more. It but I had a horse. Then I kept good and warm all winter, through snow and ice, by reading Forever Amber, twice. <laughs> Come spring, I sort of put on the dog, hung up a brand new tacticolor catalog. catalog. But I sure miss Chester to help with the chores. Then one day at last he come in through the door. He was dressed fit to kill in a ready-made suit. And he had a blonde bluesie along with him to boot. <laughs> so booter I did. And they both left that day. Now I'm alone again. So that's why I say, oh, how are you going to keep them down on the farm after they see Harry. After they... How are you going to keep them away from the city? chasing around and breaking the down. How are you going to keep them away from harm? That's a mystery. They'll never want to see a rake or plow. To the Hack and Polly Zoo, a cow. How are going to keep them down, down on the farm? After the
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, it's still a few days until Valentine's Day, and Judy is hopeful she'll be swamped with Valentine's from her admirers. As our scene opens, she's talking to Aunt Aggie.
6: Just think, Aunt Aggie, it's still five days till Valentine's Day, and already I got a box of candy and one valentine. You did, do Judy. That's quite a compliment. Well, I don't know whether it is or not. Listen to what the valentine says. Your clothes are really pretty cheap, and speaking of your sweater, give back the wool to those poor sheep. On them, it looks much better. <laughs>
3: Oh, Judy, well, yeah, you never seem to get, get
6: anywhere romantically. What'd you say that? You never seem to get anywhere romantically. Oh, I did all right in Texas Junction. Back there, I had men by the score. You did? Yeah, that's how I got them. They didn't know the score. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
6: One handsome young fella named Homer was real fine to me. Was he unattached? Unattached? just, he was practically falling apart. <laughs> Before he met me, he was going steady with a hot water bottle. <laughs> with no cops. <laughs> and did he have a good job, Judy? Oh, yeah. Homer worked in a war plant, but one day he got caught in the conveyor belt and went out on the assembly line. Gracious, Judy, what happened to him? Well, I ain't sure, but if you ever see a P thirty eight eating a sandwich, that's Homer.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
6: oh, howdy, geranium. What you got there? Valentine is good from a boyfriend Tom Roy, to his little seventeen jewel. Yeah, that's what he calls me when he puts his arm around my waist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> seventeen Jewel, huh? Yeah, honey. <laughs> I'm curved to fit his wrist. Jeranium, <laughs> uh, what kind of Valentine's did Pomeroy send you? Well, listen to this one, ma'am. Ain't it cute? I hope I make this love note clear. And please don't think I'm callous. But when I build my dream boat, dear, I want you for my ballot.
3: <laughs>
6: <laughs> oh, now I geranium read the ballast of it. Say, you know, Miss Jude, I guess Palmer really thinks I'm ship tape, honey. Oh, you are geranium, but your cargo seems to have shifted a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Say, uh, what'd you write on that other Valentine? Oh, I like this one, best. Listen. Your cooking got me from the start. Hot biscuits, homemade jelly. The nearest way to reach my heart is really through my (laughs) appetite. Say, Geranium, look what I got this morning. Somebody sent me a ten pound box of chocolates and bonbons. Here, have one. Oh, thank you, Miss Judy. I'll take this pink bonbon with the cherry on the end of it. Geranium, that's my thumb with red nail polish. Oh. <laughs> Say, what do you suppose? Who you suppose sent that candy, Miss Judy? I don't know, but I'd sure like to. Oh, it was probably some romantic fella who wanted to keep his identity a secret you will probably walk up to me and say... Pardon me for talking in your face, senorita. Uh, oh, hello, Pedro. What's got there? Well, senorita, my girl sent back this valentine package. She didn't like the big red heart. But Pedro, ain't a red heart a sign of genuine love? Well, senorita, this red heart is a sign of genuine dog food. <laughs> I think my girlfriend's father is in the trucking business. Yeah, what makes you think that? Well, last Saturday, I heard her mother say, here comes Papa with another load. (laughs) Pedro, how'd he get in that condition? He went to a party. At midnight, everybody started playing a game called Who Am I? And by 2 o'clock, they weren't kidding. (laughs) quite around her. See, but since he saw the Lost weekend, he is a changed man. Boy, did that picture scare him. Did he give up drinking? No, he gave up going to the movies.
3: <laughs> you
6: know, Senator, I bet on a horse call last weekend, and last weekend sure was a good name for him. Why, Pedro? Well, I bet on him Friday and he didn't show up till (laughs) Monday. Oh, look, Henry, I wrote a poem about the races. Would you like to read it? Yeah, let's see it. Hmm, this looks pretty good. Says, a fellow named Pedro went to the track, took $600 and didn't bring it back. There were horses to the left of him, horses to the right of him, horses in front of him, volleyed and thundered. Into the valley of death rode Pedro 600. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> my
2: Case, his clarinet, and his orchestra are playing I Don't Care, Who Knows It.
6: You call Case, to founder, keep smiling and proud.
2: from Colgate Tooth Powder. A breath of spring is most infusible, but a breath of trouble is inexcusable. There's more truth than poetry to that, because a breath of trouble, I mean unpleasing breath, can mark you down, ruin your romance, make you unpopular. It's happened to thousands without their knowing. Don't you take a chance. Just do this. Brush your teeth night and morning, and before every date, with Colgate Tooth Powder. For Colgate Tooth Powder, cleans your breath as it cleans your teeth. Yes, scientific tests have definitely proved that in seven cases out of ten, Colgate Tooth Powder instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, no dentist at any price cleans your teeth more quickly and thoroughly than Colgate Tooth Powder. Remember to buy it first thing, and remember the name, Colgate Tooth Powder, with the accent on powder.
6: Don't take a chance with your own you Use to powder. Geranium, who do you suppose sent me this valentine candy? Well, Miss Judy, do you suppose it was that sailor who tried to flirt with you yesterday? No, I discouraged that feller. When he tried to flirt, I turned on him and said, listen here, sailor. I'm a nice, respectable girl who lives at one four seven six Ravenhurst Drive. And don't you try to follow me unless you walk faster. Say, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know something, honey? I like sailors. They're such happy people. Yeah, sailors sure are happy. Whenever you pass one on the street, he's whistling. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but
6: Marines are even happier. Marines are happier than sailors. I wonder why. Their pants fit. Oh. <laughs> oh, howdy, Mister. Hello, girlie. Remember me? Oh yeah, you're that traveling salesman fella. Yep, Roscoe P. Whittle's a name. What does the P stand for? Prescription. When I was born, my old man got one look at me and took a powder. <laughs> You.
3: Yeah.
6: Say, <laughs> hey, mister, what are you selling this time? I'm selling a line of Valentines, girlie. I got Roses of Red Valentines. I love you truly, Valentines. Baby, I miss you, Valentines. And, honey, don't take the train to Reno until we decide who gets the custody of the butter, Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> Have you sold any yet? Yes, sir, Bub. My biggest seller is Song Valentines. Hey, did you hear the Broken Girdle song? The Broken Girdle song? Yeah, June is busting out all over. <laughs> <laughs>
3: ain't
6: that a whang, Billy?
0: <laughs>
6: Wish I could add to live, but throw something in here. <laughs> hey! <laughs> <laughs> hey good for a young fella, huh? Just, mister, you ain't so young. Why, sis, I'm only 25. Take it or leave it. You mean you're 25, double or nothing. <laughs> now, wait a minute, girlie. Let's both go to a neutral corner and start over. You tell a boxing glove I'm a little punchy. <laughs> you know, I make up this stuff myself out of my head. No fooling. How long have you been out of your head? <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with me, girlie. You can tell that by looking into my face. Just look into my face. Okay, mister. And believe me, your face needs looking into. All right, girlie, I can take a hint. I'll scram. I'm going to make a noise like a bourbon and soda and highball out of here. <laughs> Gosh, if I had some eggs to mix with that corn, I sure could turn out some good fritters. Grame, I still can't figure out who sent me that box of candy. Say, honey, maybe Mr. Business for sent that candy. Now, you know something? That could be, Grame. Benchley is rich. He could afford ten pounds. His aunt left him a million dollars. She did? Yeah, but that money don't influence me. I'd marry him no matter who left it to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, Senior What is it, Pedro? Senior Benchford watched stop in the living room. Well, show him in, Pedro.
2: Hello, Judy.
6: <laughs> Howdy, Benchley.
2: Oh, Judy, it's good to see you. Let me look at you. Ah, she is beautiful, therefore to be wooed she is a woman, therefore, to be one.
6: W. Shakespeare. Ah, oh, he is handsome. He is a man. Therefore, I ain't gonna bother with the rest of it. Taken over. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, Judy, you're so cute. Can I kiss you?
6: Yes, I guess you can. Most fellas have been able to.
3: <laughs>
2: well, Judy, do you let a man kiss you with the lights on or off?
6: Yes, Bentley. <laughs> Say, Bentley, did you send me this box of Valentine candy?
2: No, Judy, but that's a pretty fancy box of chocolate. I must have a rival. Looks like a fly in the ointment.
6: No, that's just a raisin in the peanut cluster. (laughs) Gee, I wonder if my old boyfriend, Roger, sent me this candy. Roger used to take me on dates. He did? Yeah. And you know, Roger liked Veronica Lake so much that one Saturday night I decided to comb my hair down over my eyes. Gee, we had a wonderful day.
2: Where'd he take you?
6: I don't know. I couldn't say a thing. <laughs> well,
2: I've got a dash, Judy. I'm going to the Hollywood men's shop.
6: You are? See, will you do me a favor?
2: Oh, sure, Judy. What is it?
6: When you get to the Hollywood men's shop, have them send one over to me. <laughs> What are you going to miss, will you, huh? Got your teeth, what do you refuse? I can't see what you got to lose. Oh, give me a little squeeze, will you, huh? Why do you want to make me blue? I wouldn't say a thing if I was asking for the world, but what's the little kiss between the fella and his girl? Oh, give me a little kiss. Will you? Huh? And I'll give it right back to you. Give me a little coat, will you? Huh? Save a me for gold, will you? Huh? My poor wrist is bare as it can be. Won't you buy a golden band for me? Oh, give me a little card, will you? Huh? That would be mighty nice of you. Aeroplane, a motorboat, some pearls, a diamond ring But honey, if you feel you can't afford to buy those things Then give me a little kiss Wait a call And I'll give it Right back to you you.
2: Remember, doctors prove Palmolive beauty results It's true. Doctors prove Palmolive soap can bring two out of three women a more beautiful complexion in just 14 days. And this plan was tested on women with all types of skin.
6: Even women with dry skin, oily skin, rough skin, skin, women as old as 50, even women whose skin wasn't clear.
2: Yes, 36 doctors, leading skin specialists, have proved the 14-day Palmolive plan improves all types of skin. Yes, brings fresher, brighter, younger-looking complexions. Start your 14-day palm olive plan now. It's as simple as one, two, three. Here's all you do. One.
4: Wash your face with palm olive soap. Two. Then massage your face for 60 seconds with palm olive soft, lovely lather. You see, one full minute of this cleansing massage brings your skin palm full, beautifying effect. Three. Then rinse. Do this just three times a day for 14 days.
2: And that's all. Remember, doctors prove this beauty plan with palm olive soap. Brought two out of three of all women tested a more beautiful complexion in just 14 days, no matter what beauty care they used before. So get Palmolive Soap. See what Palmolive can do for your own complexion in only 14 days.
4: And for tub or shower, for loveliness all over, get the new Big Thrifty Bath Size Palmolive. <laughs>
6: Why are you looking through the photograph, Album? Aunt Aggie, I'm looking for pictures of my old boyfriends in Texas Junction. I'm trying to get a clue to who sent me that candy for Valentine's Day. And Judy, could it be this young man? No, no, that's Cousin Gooney. He had a large mole on his left shoulder. Sure did attract attention. What's so unusual about a large mole? Everybody used to feed it peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> he's a big
6: eater, too He's a big eater <laughs> Judy, who is this young man in the album? By golly, Aunt Aggie I bet he's the one who sent me the candy His name is Luke He was my very first boyfriend But Pa and Ma broke up our romance We did, Judy How did that happen? Well, it's a long story One Valentine's Day back in Texas, Junction Ma was talking to Pa You lazy critter. Mm-hmm. Is that coffee I smell? It is, and you do.
3: <laughs>
6: what time is it, Ma? February. <laughs> You've been asleep and since July. Feel right rested, too. <laughs> pa, you got egg on your face. Is it near my mouth? <laughs> nope. Doggone, and I was right hungry, too. <laughs> what you thinking of, Pa. Our little girl Judy, thinking how she looks more like you every day. Oh, what's the difference long as she's healthy? Pa, <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, look out yonder. What's up, yonder, Ma? Our kids is in the yard. I can only count fourteen. One of our young'uns is a missing.
0: One?
6: Gosh, Ma, you sure are a stickler for detail. <laughs> How can we be sure one is missing? Look in the bathtub and count the rain.
3: <laughs>
6: What's a bathtub? Come to think of it, Zeke says the dog catcher picked up ranch. Ma, I told you we should have give that boy a haircut. <laughs> Couldn't, Ma. His head was a getting too big for the sugar bowl. Ain't <laughs> we got no other bowl you could use on Rance, pa? Yep, but his ears keep getting stuck in the handle. (laughs) (laughs) Too bad, too, his head just fit that long gravy bowl. (laughs) Look, Pa, here comes Judy's batter Luke up on the porch. Should have let him in, Ma. Sit right where you are, Pa. Don't get up. Why not? Don't want them hatching eggs to get cold. (laughs) Howdy, folks. Howdy, Luke. Sit down. Well,
2: I don't know. Has the furniture been cleaned lately?
6: Yeah, but we can clean it again after you go. (laughs)
4: Hey, is Judy here? Uh, got a valentine
6: for her. Are you a sortin' Judy, Lucy? Yeah, I wanna marry her. <laughs> <laughs> well, Judy ain't much to look at. Oh, it don't matter. I'll be away from home most of the time.
3: <laughs>
6: hey, Luke, is this true love? Sure is. Would you love Judy any more than you do now if she had a lot of money, say, a thousand dollars? I sure would not. Then get out. We don't want no fools in this family. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I reckon I better change my mind about getting married. Luke, you can't back out now. Well, I can too. You just try and I'll shoot you right between the eyes. Better aim somewhere else, Pa. There ain't no space between Luke's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Just chop seed potatoes with the eyes further apart from Luke. Aunt Aggie, that was the end of my romance with Luke. Well, Judy, do you think he sent the candy? No, Aunt Aggie, but I sure wish I knew who did. Oh, I'll get the phone, Aunt Aggie. Hello? Yes, this is Judy Canova. Oh, you're the one who sent the candy. Well, I wondered about that. Thanks a lot. Goodbye. Oh, Judy, who was it? Gruber's Grocery and Delicatessen. What? Yeah, you know, they had a guessing contest to see who could tell the right number of beans in a jar, and I won the prize. I guessed 550,206 beans. No wonder they sent that little note with the candy. What did the note say? To Judy Canova, the only girl in town who really counts. (laughs) Folks, here's a song that's one of my favorites. I hope you like it, too. I can't begin to tell you How much you mean to me
2: Bern Smith asking you to follow the 14-day olive plan for a lovelier complexion. And don't take a chance with your romance. Use Colgate tooth powder night and morning and before every date. Ladies, there's still a colossal shortage of industrial fat, and one result is a shortage of soap in your stores. Remember, too, fat is needed in the manufacture of nylons, textiles, electrical appliances, baby carriages, and scores of other peacetime products. That's why Secretary of Agriculture Anderson asks you to keep on salvaging all the used cooking fat you can, for it's needed in the manufacture of soap and other industrial uses. Remember, ladies, where there's fat, there's soap. Keep on saving it. Your butcher still pays four cents a pound for used cooking fat. Now, here's Judy.
6: Folks, it was awfully nice being with you tonight, and I hope we'll all be together again next Saturday night. In the meantime, please don't forget the two products that bring us together each week, Palmolive Soap and Colgate Tooth Powder, the bestest in the world. This is Judy Canova from Hollywood singing, Oh, a sleepy little baby, Oh, a sleepy little
3: baby.
2: The Judy Canova Show is written by Fred Fox and Henry Hoople. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company.
0: You have been listening to the Old Time Radio Hour, broadcast each week over the World Wide Web. You can subscribe at no charge through Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or RSS. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you can join us again next week for another hour of entertainment from the golden age of radio. Until then, this is your host, Justine Ward, saying so long for now.